0: Seminary in a box, and it's free, and it's changing the world. Let's talk about it with Third Millennium's Richard Pratt on Steve Brown, etc. He's, he's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and
1: seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc.
0: We are so glad you're here. I say it all the time, and I mean it all the time. You always have a place at our table. In case you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. And Matthew Porter, who is our executive producer, is here. Matthew says at the grocery store, he can always get in the 10 items or less line. The bad news is, with inflation, that's all he can afford. That's <laughs> it. And our producer Jeremy's in the little last booth. Jeremy is not only a producer and a musician, <laughs> but he's also a third millennium seminary dropout. And uh, maybe. Maybe Jeremy can offer his confession to uh, <laughs> Dr. Pratt at some time in this program. I think
2: that's very warranted. Yes. <laughs>
0: Our one-man IT department, John Myers, is in his tech bunker. John wants the person who lost their iPhone 15, which he found, to please stop calling him. On his new iPhone 15. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. Uh, He is uh, at another appointment and will show at some point in this program. And we will rejoice and applaud when he walks into the studio. Uh, He's kind of sad because he wasn't picked as Times Person of the Year. (laughs) Then he missed out on the Nobel Peace Prize, and now this. Poor George. (laughs) And Kathy Wyatt is the soft feminine side of the program. Richard has put a seminary in a box, but when she makes cookies, Kathy puts 6,000 calories in a box. (laughs) We all have our calling and our gift.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's true.
0: Uh, we I've been looking forward to this, and uh, this is uh, generally guests are easy to get. To get Richard Pratt to sit down is very close to impossible. Indeed, this man travels more than anybody I've ever known, and does more than anybody I've ever known. And you just when you see him, it's a it's it's only a flash. As he moves to something else—a conference, or a seminary class, or a broadcast—or and that could be in any country in the world. Richard uh, is a theologian. He's an author, and he's the founder of President and President of Third Millennium Ministries. Richard has a Ph.D. from Harvard, but he has this amazing ability to get the fodder down low uh, to people like me who ran away from kindergarten, and we can understand some of the great things uh, that are taught in the Christian faith. He has degrees from Roanoke Union Theological Seminary, and as I said, Harvard University, He's also taught all over the world for more than two decades. Uh, he taught at Reformed Theological Seminary, and we were colleagues there. In fact, when Richard—and I thought it was crazy—we uh, had an office right next to each other, and uh, he was on his computer, and these were the olden days— and he had this vision, this passion for creating seminary um, uh, courses for anybody who wanted them. And uh, I never said that. I tried to be encouraging, but it was hard because I thought it wasn't going to work. <laughs> and uh, But he persisted because he had a passion. And what has happened is something that is so gigantic that it will blow you away. Uh, Richard, I, before before we get into Third Mill and a website and all that you're doing, I'd like to hear your story. I, there was a time, I'm told, when you had long hair, wore sandals, and played the hippie thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they were kidding, weren't they? You've never been there, have you?
2: No, they weren't kidding. I was um, in the late 60s, 66, 67, and a lot of the listeners don't know what that is, what was going on in those days because they're <laughs> so young true. now. I may as well say 1922. But in the, in the mid-60s was a tumultuous time in the United States, much like it is today, and it was primarily about the Viet, the war in Vietnam. And I was staring at the possibility of being conscripted or drafted into the military at 18. And that made a 16-year-old start taking life pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. And the way that I did that was by dropping out and becoming a part of what we would call the counterculture now. My hair was long. My parents hated me. Uh, I was into rock and roll, um, a little bit of dope and things like that. Um, for a high schooler, that was a lot in those days, but um, and protests. I mean, I was so radical that I was I would carry around on my shoulder a bona fide, a real um, Viet Cong flag. Wow! So I, I knew what I knew what uh, Maoism was. I knew those kinds of things. I was into it, sort of philosophically, and uh, so that's where I was, and. That is also how I came to Christ, because what happened was one day in my high school, these college kids, really cool college kids, came to, broke in basically into our high school. There was no security in high schools back in those days. And so they walked in, and they were handing out leaflets. And I thought they were leaflets for the next anti-war rally that was going to be had. So I grabbed one as I was running to class, and I got to class, I opened it up, and it was actually a an invitation to a coffee house, a commune, a Christian commune that had begun there in town. And so I thought that was pretty good because I'd been raised as a good Southern Baptist boy, and maybe I could have religion and be cool too. (laughs) So I went. Okay, so I went. And um, that night, I was overwhelmed, just overwhelmed with something that I had never experienced before. And that was that the people who were in that group talking about Christ and talking about life and the, the Bible, things like that. Um, they talked about Jesus as if they knew him. Mm. Mm. I'd been to church a lot as a child and as a young teenager too, very active, but these people talked about Jesus, like they knew him. And so as was the custom back in those days, at the end, we all sat on the floor in Lotus position to have prayer. Okay. And uh, they started going around the circle, and each person was supposed to say a sentence or two, and it was getting closer and closer to me, and I didn't know what in the world to say. I knew how to give church prayers, but I didn't know how to give this kind of prayer. So it's getting closer and closer to me. And finally, um, when it came my turn, the only words that could come out of my mouth were these. I said, Jesus, I want to know you like these people do. Oh, man. Wow. And he said, okay, you ready for this? (laughs) And uh, at at that very moment, I had probably the most dramatic uh, sort of psychic experience I've ever had, transformation of my life it just turned me inside out, right there that very second. And that's where how my journey with Jesus began when I was 17 years old, junior in high school, staring down the Vietnam War. Did you know
0: shortly after that that you were going to be in some kind of uh, ministry? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that was not something that was a surprise to you, right?
2: No, they kept people kept pushing me into those roles, you know, Bible study leader, that kind of thing, prayer group leader. And um, and I was very active on my high school campus. We had at one point about 75, 80 kids coming together in the morning at church at school, rather, and praying and things like that. So, yeah, I got into that kind of leadership role pretty quickly, probably too quickly. Tell you the truth.
0: Were those, was that the Jesus movement?
2: That was the Jesus freak movement in Southwest Virginia, as much as you could have a Jesus freak (laughs) movement there. It wasn't California, okay? But it was, um, but we wished we were in California. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: true. You know, I was a pastor in those days. I'm really old. And um, I saw that Jesus revolution movie. And I was glad it was dark in the theater because I started crying, and I don't do yeah. that. Real yeah. men don't do that. <laughs> and it really got to me emotionally because it was so real, and it was what I had experienced. That was a supernatural movement of God across this country and uh, changed your life, changed mine yeah. differently. I knew Jesus. I just didn't know about all the stuff that these kids were talking about and they radicalized my church and we saw revival take place in Boston. And man, when God gets a revival or an awakening going, he has to start it in New England (laughs) because it's so cold there that if you can get New England a little bit warm, (laughs) you can singe the rest of the United States. Guys, we're talking to Richard Pratt, and you need to batten down the hatches, cause we're going places you haven't gone before. We're gonna look at what God is doing around the world. And then we're gonna give you a website, and you need to check it out, and ask you to help financially. And don't leave before we do that, or you will get the hives. Hey, like Jesus, we're coming back so don't go anywhere.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Pod I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. Blaster. Anyhow, that's how the colons do it.
0: Hi, this is Steve Brown, and in case you didn't know, one of the main reasons Key Life exists is to remind believers that God isn't mad at his children. Why am I telling you this? Because our weekly email, Key Life Connection, takes the best of the videos, articles, and puts them right in your inbox. We'd love for you to try it. It's free. Go to keylife.org slash subscribe. Talking with Dr. Richard Pratt. He's an author, best selling, great books. Uh, he's a theologian and he's the founder of Third Millennium Ministries. And you can keep up with his work at thirdmill.org. It's going to blow you away if you've never been there. Or you can do it on X, formerly called Twitter, at Third Mill.
3: Richard, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because I've heard about Third Millennium for years and I actually drive by your headquarters twice a day to and fro uh, <laughs> coming to Key Life. So um, excited. So wondered if you would just kind of start at the beginning. Tell us about what the organization is about, why you do it. How did how did this how did you get this crazy idea and, and what is what is Third Millennium? What does that even mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people want to know why are you called third millennium? Are you some kind of cult or something? <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that makes sense because there are a lot of millennials out there that um, feel that way. Uh, to put it in, to say it in brief, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but today we are in the third Christian millennium. We, uh, from the time Jesus lived until 1000 AD was the first one, from 1000 to 2001 is the second millennium of Christianity. And 2001 began the third millennium of Christianity. And that's an important thing because we started, we organized in 1998. And uh, that was the year that Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> Thank you, Al Gore. Okay. So, so we remember that day very well, right? Yes. And uh, we, we didn't know a lot of what was going on, what was going to happen. But we did know that a new day was coming. And Um, But what's so great about the third millennium is that this is the best millennium to be living in today as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. It really is. I know in our backyard in North America, sometimes we get discouraged about how the Christian church is doing. But today, there are more followers of Jesus in the world than there have ever been by the billions. Oh, man. Wow. And in our day, in this millennium, these Christians live in more parts of the world than they have ever lived in the whole history of the world. So that's a good time to be alive. Mm. And as much as things are not going well for most of us in North America, Christianity is exploding in other parts of the world. So i got the privilege because i was like steve here and i was um i was a seminary professor which is not a real job he can tell you that is that right steve <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> right like what'd you call this a but job you're not supposed that, to say that yeah <laughs> no, no. well i i used to say it out loud because it meant that i didn't have to work very much all i had to do was just teach some classes and um and so that meant that i started getting invitations my wife and daughter and i would get invitations to go to different parts of the world and to teach and to do evangelism and things like that. And so uh, to much to my surprise, cause nobody had ever told me this before that, and it's this fact that sort of undergirds everything we do at third mill, where the church is growing the fastest in the world, there's the least opportunity for Christian leaders to learn the Bible. Mm-hmm. Where the church is growing the fastest in the world, there's the least opportunity to learn the Bible. Now, where are those places? Africa's number one. There are gonna be over a billion Christians in Africa by twenty fifty if Holy Spirit keeps doing what he has been doing for the last twenty five years.
0: Richard, are you you know I think the rapture occurred. <laughs> I think he left us and we were left behind. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Richard, are you this hadn't happened before when we lost somebody somebody doesn't want Richard Pratt on this
2: program. Richard, are you back? Uh, yeah, I'm back now. I apologize. It was a – somebody must have run into a telephone pole or something. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Everything went out for a while, including the Internet, and so we're, um, we're I'm back. Okay.
0: Right. You were talking about what was going on in the world. Yeah. In fact,
2: it, uh, we have a
0: lot of pessimists on this program, and you are so refreshing. You know, I feel like maybe there's hope after all. Anyway, go ahead oh, and talk about the there's world.
2: There's tremendous hope, Steve, and I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that because – that really is my message, because we have a, we have a, we have a world today, especially in North America, where it's all doom and gloom. And there's a lot of doom, and there's a lot of gloom. And I get it in our backyard, but around the world, Christianity is growing faster than ever before in places like Africa, and Asia, Latin America. Uh, we're way down on the list, and if and by the way, we would the church in the North America would not be growing at all if it weren't for the immigrants. Hmm. And so that's where the growth really is happening. So in that experience of traveling around and realizing that where the church is growing the fastest, there's the least opportunity for church leaders to learn the Bible. I said to myself, that's got to change. And that's how Third Mill got started, was by me realizing that something needed to change. All the resources for teaching church leaders is in North America and the vast majority of them. And where the church is growing, church leaders don't know anything. And it's a nightmare when that's the truth. When that's the situation, you wouldn't believe how it impacts bad in bad ways the lives of Christian people.
0: Now, we're going to talk about in a minute um, what's happened with Third Mill. But in those early days, did you have any idea whatsoever what God was going to do with Third Mill?
2: Well, I had hopes, <laughs> uh, to be perfectly frank, this is what I hoped. In fact, I said this to my co-founder um, and I said, um, you know, we may, we may be playing leapfrog here. Maybe if we can have a little bit of success, other people will notice and they'll leapfrog us because we had no money. This is purely a, a ministry of faith at the time. Uh-huh. Nobody gave us a bunch of money to start this thing. So we just did our best waiting for somebody to leapfrog us and then we'd pull out. Well, nobody cared. Even today, when everybody that's in the know knows this about the church growing quickly around the world and there being hardly any opportunities for anybody, it's still hard to find anybody who will say the slogan of Third Mill, which is biblical education for the world for free. Oh man! And hardly anybody will say that's an important goal to reach. That every church leader in the world should have the kind of education that you want your pastor to have. How's that for a goal?
0: That's uh, that'll that dog will hunt, and 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 Richard hates doing this, but and we're running out of time in this segment. But uh, I want him to tell you what's happened. It will absolutely blow you away. I'm not talking about a hundred pastors trained. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of pastors trained around the world. And they get the seminary education free, which absolutely blows me away. They don't spend a dime on this, they on the website follow the curriculum, and then occasionally you have a student like our producer Jeremy who drops out, but not, not very often.
2: He, he's coming back, Steve, he's coming back. That's right. That's,
0: <laughs> that's true, but I'm not giving him the time to do it on our time. I just want you to know that. Hey guys, we, we appreciate your hanging out with us, with all the technical problems and the dumb things that I say. Uh, this still works and you're very fortunate to be here. We're hanging out with Richard Pratt, founder of Third Millennium Ministries and the author of great books like He Gave Us Stories and Pray With Your Eyes Open. Guys, this is really hard work and we have to have moments of rest where we eat cookies and have milk and take a nap. But like Jesus, We're going to return, so don't go anywhere.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, Etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much.
0: Hi, this is Steve Brown, and I'm excited to tell you about a new offer from Key Life called (laughs) Living with Steve. Let me tell you the way it works. I travel with you wherever you go. If you need an entertaining conversation or even a sermon, there I am. That's the good news. The bad news is that it costs a million bucks. (laughs) But wait, there's good news. You can get everything I've just described with the Key Life app. And for a limited time, it's not a million dollars. It's free. Try it now at keylife.org app. Hey, thanks for being a part of this. We're talking of one of my favorite people, and in fact, a hero of mine, uh, Dr. Richard Pratt. And we're talking about Third Mill Ministries.
3: Richard, the, the phrase that, uh, that kind of is kind of the handle for everything you're doing is the seminary in a box, which I love it. I'm intrigued, but I still have questions. I'm picturing a cardboard box parachuting onto a savanna or to a jungle, <laughs> And then you open it up and there's a bunch of books in Swahili or Nglosa or,
2: or, or what have you. Yeah.
3: How does, what, what's the actual thing? Talk, 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 just about that.
2: Well, that, that, um, that slogan, seminary in a box, we've really thrown it away. It's now seminary outside the box. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's great. Imagine Award, that. Okay. Yeah. And, but, but it began that way because the person that in really inspired me to go ahead and take the leap of faith to get going on this. I uh, had an experience of an African international student in a traditional seminary whose child's picture was on the front cover of Time Magazine, and he saw it and started going crazy uh, because it was a picture of his child dead in the middle of his village square, and he had been separated from his child for years oh, being a seminary student. And so she calls me up on the phone. She says, Rich, we've got to stop bringing international students to the United States. And I, we got, what do you want to do about it? I said, this is before Thermal got started. And so I said, what do you want to do? She said, I want to put seminary in a box and send it to them. And I said, well, where do you want to send it? And she said, everywhere. And I said, well, how many do you want to reach with these boxes? And she said, all of them. Okay. And then the faithful words she said to me were these. She said, if I can get the money, can you get the box? Now, this is in the Deep South, and you know how do you answer the matriarch of a big farm in the Deep South when they ask you to do something? It's, yes, ma'am, I can do that. (laughs) Okay, so that's how we started, and it it was remarkable what God has done, but we're very much outside the box in the sense that If you're going to reach the whole world, remember this began in 1998, right at the time when Y2K was about to happen and all that, or not happen, (laughs) and all that business. And this revolution in digital communication was happening. And nobody knew exactly what it was going to look like, but we started in the days of VHS tapes. But we Mm. knew that the internet was going to be important. And we also knew that the technology, like instead of VHS tapes, which would take half of a semi truck to send a whole seminary curriculum on. We knew it was going to get small, but we didn't know it was going to get so small that you could put it on a micro SD card. That's the size of my little fingernail, Mm -hmm. which we do now. Okay. So third mill is distributed by the internet to be sure, but by every other way you can possibly name everything from print to online and offline micro SD cards, to uh, learning learning management system online and offline, um, all the way up to television satellite broadcast and radio. So we're broadcast by television satellite, for example, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in Indonesia for the last 12 years, 24 hours a day, oh, seven days a week. We have a whole channel that's been given to us. Hmm. And so that happens in other countries as well, like Ethiopia and a number of others. Um, uh, northern Russia, Siberia, places like that. So we tried to get this curriculum. We made it so it could be distributed in every way you can possibly imagine and beyond. And so that's how it gets out to the people that are out there.
0: Now, if somebody goes to your website, will they see? I mean, if I wanted to go on your website, could I get a course? Uh, yeah, or if you, you go, have to if be you go a... on
2: the – right, if you go on the Third Mill website um, – if you can think about it this way, it's, it's like we have three ways you can approach Third Mill. So, first thing is what we call our open resources, which is on the website, thirdmill.org, T H I R D M I L L, two L's, dot org. It's open resources, means you can go in there, you just do whatever you want to do, and there's tons tons of things you wouldn't believe how much stuff there is including our videos and audios i think um, we have books we have all kinds of articles from all over the world and all those kinds of things and that open resources in multiple languages so if you want to practice your russian you can do it on our website but if you drill down a little bit you discover that there's this thing that we call the third mill institute and a lot of people don't realize this but most pastors in the world today the average The average educational level is they've gone to the seventh grade. And so you got to create something that people don't have to have educational prerequisites to get into. That's the Institute. That's courses with quizzes and tests online and offline that are distributed in in these languages. And it's just phenomenal what's happening. And then at the bottom of our funnel of getting things out is what we call third mill seminary, which is a bona fide and now a fully accredited seminary in English and in Spanish that uses all these kinds of resources, again, in a program. So you can join a program. You don't have to join a program. It's Mm -hmm. entirely up to you as to what you want to do.
0: Wow. You know, that's refreshing. It really is. I mean, you you don't sound like you're hustling. And a lot of ministries (laughs) sound that way, you know. I mean, you're giving all
2: this away, and it is Yeah, amazing. you know that Bible verse? You know that Bible verse. Freely you received, so charge them as much as possible. Uh, <laughs> sing! <laughs> okay? Oh, we man. know that we receive. We know we receive by God's people giving us donations. We know that. That's a free gift to us. We have not earned it in the least, and if we have received the ability to do this for free, it ought to be given away for free. How can we lock the gospel behind a paywall? Mm -hmm.
0: So good. Hey, you guys are watching and listening to um, something that is amazing, in fact, incredible, that is literally changing the world in places you wouldn't believe with hundreds of thousands of people. And for many of you, this is the first time you've ever heard about this. So pay attention. We're going to give a test on this.
3: (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, et cetera. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify—we're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no e in blaster, just blaster. Blaster. Anyway, that's how the Colons do it.
0: When Christ promised we could live life to the full, He didn't just mean eventually in
2: heaven, because Jesus didn't come to save us from our humanity, but to restore it—life with a capital L. Find it now on KeyLife.org/store.
3: What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. Hey,
0: we're so glad you're with us. By the way, if you haven't yet subscribed to the weekly Key Life email, you might want to. People are talking. And if you don't like it, you can't complain because it's free. Just go to keylife.org slash subscribe.
1: Richard, I just wanted to tell you this one thing really quickly, and then I do have a quick question. But in 1993, when Key Life was in the process of, relocating to Orlando. Steve yeah. was already here and the rest of us were down there. You know, we had been through the hurricane and we had to sell the building and all that kind of stuff and everything. And he would come back home to Miami, you know, every few weeks or so to record. And so I said to him, I said, so how's it going up there? And he said, Kathy, you have to go up this back staircase. At, 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 and And it's this this dark dismal little hallway and you get to the top and and Diana is sitting up there and then there's these three little offices and i said okay and he said and mine's one and richard pratt is one and reggie kid is the other and i said okay and he said duke harvard And me, (laughs) (laughs) and that's when he phrased the I and I ran away from kindergarten, so that was back then that was my introduction to the intellectuals with whom he shared a little suite up there. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah, intellectuals I wouldn't call us that, but it was those were those were wonderful days, they really were. I have good memories of those, yeah,
1: for sure. Um. I'm interested in I'm assume, and this is just an assumption on my part but obviously this what you're doing is for anybody and everybody who wants to study. What is the um is there a ratio of men to women? Are there a lot of women that are studying as well as just guys?
2: Oh yeah, at least it's it's at least 50, it's very close to 50-50. Let's say it that way. Wow, that's Yeah, fabulous. absolutely. Yeah. That is, um, that's you know, great. we're not we're not interested in half of the body of Christ gifts being used.
0: <laughs> that's so good. That's and great. And there are some uh, quarters where you will be criticized for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not laying hands or ordaining anybody, but the reality is is once you get out of North America, um, a large number of churches are led by women because. They're the only people that have their act together. The men are just bums. (laughs) What can I say? Okay. Well, spend time yourself. Wow, that's That's really that's an important thing for people to remember. And we usually are um, kind about those kind and supportive of that. Yeah. Richard, do you? um,
0: And uh, you don't do much of this, but I'd like to. I'd like to get a picture of what's happened at Third Millennium, uh, Third Mill Ministries, and in terms of its growth, in terms of the places where it's serving, maybe some numbers because they're mind blowing. Frankly, I I can't get my head around it. It is so big and so gigantic, and making such a difference to the body of Christ. So. Yeah. Uh, Bring in your natural thing, even when I told him I was going to ask this. He said, well, it's okay as long as people know it wasn't me doing all this, (laughs) which is so Richard. But give give us a view of how big this is and what's happening.
2: Okay, well, great. Um, one of the one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have when they hear about Third Mill is that this is my worldwide teaching ministry, and it is not. We don't need another person's worldwide teaching ministry. Can I get <laughs> an <laughs> amen to that? <laughs> okay. Amen. Um, this is a team effort, and the faculty at, and the Third Mill um, curriculum has over over four hundred and fifty faculty people from around the world in it. So when you watch one of our lessons, you'll see people from practically everywhere in the world. And, um, and they will be teaching because we believe that the best teachers of the world need to teach the whole world. And that um, people in one part of the world have a lot to learn from another part of the world. So that's it really, I'm just one of about 450 plus faculty people that some, and I appear occasionally, but I'm by no means the main teacher of this. That's not the goal, never was. But just to give you a sense of how God is blessed We've been around now for 25 years we're now in our 26th year and um one of the great things i can tell you is is that we never oversell or never exaggerate the information about third mill we work very hard just to tell the truth and usually in fact we have to understate it so let me just tell you this in the last 13 years third mill has served or continues to serve the educational needs of 1.88 million people around the oh, world man. Yeah. Wow. and um, and these we're are basically
0: growing. leaders in the church.
2: These are church leaders yeah mm. and we are we are growing at a rate of around 225 to 250,000 such students a year. That's basically wow. how it goes these mm. days. So that's good that's a good number if you didn't know. It would take a traditional seminary in America, a millennium to reach that many people. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a touch point. Uh, we operate in 26 languages. You know that mm-hmm. old um, Ghostbuster song, when you hear strange things in the neighborhood, who are you going to call mm-hmm. Ghostbusters? <laughs> well, if you want a seminary curriculum in Swahili, who are you going to call? Third Mill. <laughs> Third Mill. If you want it in French for West Africa, who are you going to call? Third Mill. Mm-hmm. If you want it in Amharic for Ethiopia, who are you going to call? Third Mill. You want it in Arabic for Saudi Arabia? Who are you going to call third Mill. Okay, so 26 languages is what we operate in at this point. We're moving toward 52. That's the sort of the key number. Um, we are in over where we know f- these are all things we can verify, by the way, if people want to test us on this. Uh, we know we're being used in 178 countries now mm. in one way or another. Some, t- some places big, some places not so big, but 178 countries And we know that the Lord is blessing us with um, the way it operates is we 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 begin. We work with partners and indigenous partners in various countries in the world. And they start learning centers or learning communities. And we serve them. We help them do their job. That's basically what Third Mill does. And so it grows like crazy. And um, we have over 500 such learning communities as of last June. And I'm told by the people that give the numbers to me, they don't give them but twice a year. So I have to wait, but they tell me we're around 800 now. So those, those are actual like classes that people have. That's what third mill does. And it's a blessing you would not believe the emails we get, the phone calls, we get, um, people telling me things like I have, I, I am a pastor or I'm a chaplain in a maximum security prison in Cuba and they let me bring 3rd Mill there. Well,
0: oh, Richard. That's the kind of stuff
2: that goes on.
0: (sighs) Y'all, you gotta go, and if you can, you ought to help. Uh, Every dime will be squeezed uh, for the sake of Christ and his people. Go to thirdmill.org, write that down, and uh, you can get some more information. Richard Pratt, we rise up and call you blessed man. Thank you for taking time from an incredibly busy schedule to spend it with us. I hope we can do it again and keep up to date on the hundreds of thousands of people you guys are touching. Thank That'd you be for being great, be. Thanks for Thank being with Thank you so
2: me. much. I'm so glad to be with you and the team. Good to be with you today and hope to see you again soon. Okay? Blessings. Thanks Richard. That's good.
0: Guys, uh, we're going to come back and tell you who we're going to do it unto. And we're going to say hello to George Bingham, who finally showed.
2: <laughs> well, for no other reason to say hello to Richard. There you, there you, go. Go. There you go.
0: Don't go anywhere.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org. This is Pete Owinson, and if you're a guy, I want to show you how to recover and reclaim an intimate, growing relationship with your Heavenly Father. Check out, like Father, like Son, how knowing God as Father changes men. Available now at keylife.org store.
2: Believer, I want you to remember that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you will run out of sin before God runs out of grace. Grace, the real good news of the gospel. Find it now on keylife.org store.
0: I love, you know, every time I hang out with Richard Pratt, and it's getting a rare thing because he's always in some country around the world, but every time I hang out with him, I think, you know, this thing's working. Uh, We forget sometimes in the States because there are people that are getting donations on the message that we're in trouble, and if you don't help Jesus and the kingdom and the church and everything good about our country is gonna go down the tube. And you know, you hear enough of that and you live in a panic mode thinking, I just think I'm going over in the corner and whine uh, about how bad Christians are being treated. Don't you believe it? And somebody like Richard Pratt comes along <laughs> and says, "You, there are more Christians in the world now than ever in history and it's exploding. They're revival all over the world. And he begins to talk about what God is doing in the church and you begin to realize that if you're a Christian, you don't have to have that inferiority complex about the organization of which you're a part. Um, God loves the church and he honors the church and in ways you absolutely wouldn't believe. You know, as Richard starts giving these statistics And they are amazing. 500 faculty members, hundreds of thousands of people being touched deeply and profoundly, and through them, millions of people being touched. Boy, when you get those, you think, that's not true. Things are worse than that. And you want to jump. I'll tell you, I'm a Presbyterian. I don't dance. I don't (laughs) laugh much. And I certainly don't speak in tongues. But people like Richard Pratt uh, caused me to want to do all three, so it was a great program. It really was. Mm-hmm. What about next week?
1: Well, next week we're continuing a little bit of a break because we're still in the holidays. So we will be visited, uh, revisited by our good friend Max Locato, who we spoke oh, with a fun. number of a number of couple of months ago, and and um, and we enjoyed it so much we thought we'd air it again
0: he's probably the best-selling author uh, in the Christian world. author <laughs> in the world i mean it's incredible mm. uh, and i knew him before you knew him before anybody knew him and i liked him and i said god honor that young man and look what God did. There was, you go. <laughs> you, and I tell Max, you need to thank me uh, because I'm responsible for what God is doing. Oh,
1: my with. goodness. And for oh, a small, said it.
0: small donation the, to Key Life, you can have Steve <laughs> ask God to honor you. <laughs> Before this gets too deep, uh, we got to leave. But we're coming back next week. Same time, same place. Hope you'll join us. And between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. And that gives you a wide, wide berth.